Okay, we're gonna hold this for two. Hold on, hold on for two seconds here, because I will edit this out because someone's fucking interrupting again. What do you want? Oh, you guys Fuck! Are... I forgot it was Tuesday. What? Has the dog been out? Yes. Hi, sister. Hi. Jeez. I can't hear you, but I see you laughing. So hi. I look forward to listening on Thursday or the weekend when I have nothing to do. Two weeks in a row. I'm sorry. Did she not like hear you through the door? Like. <laughs> So you reached for the pussy first. <laughs> what? Okay, I like how you were like, just guess what it was as though it was easy to guess. I would never have guessed that. What the fuck? Welcome to the next episode of Sibling, Sibling Rants. <laughs> it's your big brother, Andrew. And your little sister, Bronwyn. And as we both sit here on Zoom in our respective homes of Kitchener and Cambridge, we are reminded that these lands are the traditional homes of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and neutral peoples. We recognize and deeply appreciate their historic connection to this region, and we also recognize the contributions Indigenous peoples have made in shaping and strengthening this community. We are grateful for the opportunity to create on these lands together and reaffirm our commitment to truth and reconciliation in our community. So... Fun fact coming off of our land acknowledgement here. I, so, <laughs> y'all might know this, and I might just be really oblivious and dumb, but I had a wonderful learning lesson this week. Um, <laughs> learning is good. Learning is lear good. <laughs> learning is good. All because I, I've heard the names Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe because it's just relevant to our region. Mm -hmm. At no given point did I brain process that I would already know who these respective tribes are, but I would know them by their anglicized names. The Haudenosaunee are the Mohawk people and the Anishinaabe are the Ojibwe, which are names that I grew up with, but I had no fucking idea. And like, as soon as someone <laughs> told it was a friend of mine um, and she listens to our podcast and she was like, oh, you know, really great job with including the land acknowledgement. Um, like you guys should look into the treaties in your respective yeah. areas and include those in your openings if you want. Um, but then she was like, I also really love that you guys used the non anglicized names. And I went, hold up, what? I was like, what What are the Anglicized names? So that's cool. I'm glad to know that you know, at least I'm on page with that there. But, um, like, why? Why do they not teach us these things? Fucking white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, the Haudenosaunee are, like, part, um, like, it's... It encompasses, like, the Iroquois people, which actually mm. includes five nations, comprising Mohawk, Onondaga, Oneida, Cayuga, and Seneca, um, which are all names we recognize. They are. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah. This is, uh, it's it's just friggin' wild to me, because it's like, at no point do I find these names any more difficult Mm -hmm. So like, why why do we have why why do we need an anglicized oh version well, of it? Well, I mean, this is the story of all white people in the sense that like we taught ourselves to to say the word check or the name Tchaikovsky really young, but like we absolutely cannot learn names that aren't white. I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated by them. Like I fucking yeah, love no, it, and sure. I know that like I'm an oddity as a person in that respect because like. I absolutely adore foreign cultures. Tell me the proper ways to say your shit. Teach me your fucking language. Yeah. Even if I only pick up three words here and there, whatever. I love it. And maybe it's just because 
white people lack culture well, and everywhere else is so much more I mean, we do. We do lack culture because <laughs> white is not a culture. Um, nope. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, it's interesting because we talk as white people about like loving other cultures and like we bring this up when it comes to appropriation all the time because we're like, no, I'm just appreciating the culture. And it's like, no, you're not. You're appropriating it because you're you're like making money off of it and you're not getting penalized for it and whatnot in the ways that those people are. Mm-hmm. But um you know, like, at the same time, we're the same people who make, and as a collective, <laughs> I mean, you know, we make these statements about, like, well, it's really hard to learn all of this stuff, and, and it's not common knowledge, so how am I supposed to remember it? Because we're so stuck on this idea, well, if I make a mistake, then I'm a terrible person, and I don't want to see, be seen as a terrible person, so therefore I'm not even going to try, right? Like, it all comes back to this narrative right like it's okay to a to quote unquote appreciate a culture when it's on my terms but not not when somebody's actually asking me to make these changes then it's too much then it's too much (laughs) which (laughs) is absolutely ridiculous like if you just take a few seconds and learn it's really not that difficult no no, I mean, like, I'll, I'll admit that, like, I, I do, like, when I, t- when I do land acknowledgements, um, I don't have them fully memorized. Um, and that is less of a, like, disrespect thing and more of a, I want to make sure that I, that I get it right. Um, and my ADHD brain does not memorize things very well. Um, and so for, in the interest of making sure that we're doing it correctly, I do, I do still read it just to make sure that I'm doing it right. But, um, but I am continually aware of the lands that I'm on. It's more just about the wording of it and making sure that I say it correctly. Uh, but I think, you know, like it's also in uh, like land acknowledgements, it's really easy to kind of slap a land acknowledgement onto something and then go, um, okay, that's it. I did my part. (laughs) <laughs> you know like i'm a good person because yeah. i put a land acknowledgement on something which is what we wanted to avoid we want to mm-hmm. put it on here but we also want to make make it you know um uh mean something right like it's not just an empty promise and uh and i mean i i do this work on a regular basis i'm constantly learning and i'm constantly working to educate others and and that's what we're doing on this podcast as well and so it's really important but i mean the constant reminder to our listeners and to everybody else you know our, our 20 listeners that eventually will be hundreds is that the land acknowledgement is there for a reason but it's also not empty right like we need to be doing mm-hmm. more than just slapping words on something and being like yeah i'm gonna i'm i'm committing to truth and reconciliation right like i have um kind of on on this kind of on this page i guess um in tiktok recently there have been a bunch of um tiktoks that have come out from um certain uh indigenous tiktokers from uh uh manitoba from winnipeg manitoba who have been talking about um the young woman jessica peebles i don't know if you've seen oh yes i have seen um and for anybody who doesn't is not aware of this jessica peebles was gathering information on she is an indigenous woman she was gathering information on uh forced sterilization happening in winnipeg and she had documentation to back it up and and then she ran into a situation with the winnipeg police where um according to her they they did attempt to to kill her um and 
and she put it out onto TikTok saying like, I feel like my phone's been tapped. I'm really concerned for my life. I've, you know, told some people in my community so that, you know, if I do go missing, they have this information. And then she did go missing for several days. Um, and her friends were kind of speaking out about it and really trying to make it be seen. Um, and so in, in this nature, I, I always try to, when I see things like this, share them onto my platform. Um, I don't have a lot of followers. Um, I've had one post go semi-viral. Um, and by semi-viral, I mean like several thousand, uh, likes, not, you know, not hundreds of thousands, <laughs> not millions, <laughs> but, um, I always try to duet these things on, on TikTok or share them if it's on a different social media platform and just make sure that it's getting seen by even a couple other people uh, to bring awareness to it. Because, I mean, the the issue of missing murdered Indigenous women and girls in Canada is it's still growing. It's still a problem. Um, and we want to make sure that we get ahead of it and make sure that people are held accountable. And the police are major... <sighs> Uh, culprits in a lot of this, especially in, um, in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, um, but all over. So um, I think it's really important to bring awareness to that. And that's been something that's come up recently on TikTok that I've been trying to focus some energy on. I did find out today and I'll, I'll make a post about it um, because I did do it the, the concerned one, but apparently she has been found. She is safe for now, but we are still oh, good. People are concerned about her well-being still, so um, they're saying to stay cautious. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a very concerning thing, and and it's just one example, right? Like social media and video, like how many of us just have video cameras on, like on our phones, right? Like has given us the ability to record things that we usually weren't able to do before, so there was never any evidence. And now we're able to kind of make things go viral and really boost things so that we bring awareness to it, which I think is huge. But I think we, as white people in particular, we have to be doing our part to at least, you know, stay aware that these things are happening, not to be shocked by them. Um, and to, believe people when these things come up because that's a big thing that happens is white people specifically we deny it or we're like well allegedly and it's like okay yeah legally this is alleged but we also have to understand that there's a huge track record and we need to be aware that that's real and doing our part to bring awareness to it so that it happens to less people <laughs> you know yeah it's it <sighs> white people are ridiculous uh the latest i had heard today from some outside of this incident uh, was looks into allegations against Cuomo in the States mm. uh, and Biden now saying, well, let's wait to see what the investigation brings up, right. which is a hundred percent fair. But this is also the same man who during his campaign trails were like, women need to be believed. We need to believe all women. Um, <laughs> And I mean, that's, I, I realize that that's also a politician, so that's an entirely separate rant altogether. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. Not, like, <laughs> I, I understand that entirely, but yeah, it's just, it is insane. The internet is a fucking weird place right now, man. It gets me The world angry. is a fucking weird place right now. The world is a fucking weird place right now. How's your week been? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my week has been decent i'm not as stabby today as i was last week so that's good. oh good me either 
<laughs> but uh, I did watch, oh yeah, kind of along these similar lines of the topic, um, I did finally watch the interview with Meghan, Harry, and Oprah. Uh, the other um, thing that's Friday. all over the news right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, okay, here's the thing I'll say about watching the whole like two-hour special is that the sound bites that we've heard are pretty much the gist of what you get from, from the interview. You just get a, a lot more like backstory and nuance, but ultimately we have heard the most shocking bits. Well, of what they have said. I'm sure there's a lot more shocking stuff, but, and by shocking, I'm going to put air quotes around that just because none of this is entirely shocking, right? <laughs> like, I mean, this is, we, I think one of the things that's come out of this and one of the things that I have held on to from watching it and from even before is that we are talking about an institution that has been around for centuries and centuries well millennia actually i mean the british empire <laughs> what i'm going to call the british empire but the british monarchy has been around for a long time for hundreds of hundreds of years i guess uh, over 500 years for sure um the history nerd in me is like uh millennia is probably not accurate Bronwyn, and now i'm fighting myself so i'll have to look that up later but uh <laughs> but definitely over five to six hundred years and they are you know in the past 500 years they have colonized the world. <laughs> like they are the biggest culprit for colonization around the fucking world. So the fact that this we're hearing about blatant racism happening within the family, like Harry being asked how or it being suggested to Harry that like that there's concern over how dark their their baby might be to me is just entirely not shocking because it's just like this yeah this is the whitest family in the whole world that has ensured that whiteness spreads like a fucking disease across the world and most of the problems we have like Mm, rampant capitalism and everything to do with all these terrible institutions came out of colonization. <laughs> yeah. Like the U S came from colonization and then they were just like, we're going to revolt and create the United States of America. But initially people got there through colonization from what the British monarchy. So I, and like, yes, there was Spanish colonization and yes, there was um, yeah, French colonization as well. But like the British monarchy did most of the colonization. Um, so it can well, all British be linked back. The British monarchy also <laughs> still has the most ties yes. to its colonies. Yes, it does. It does. Like, here we are, uh, however many fucking years later, and Canada still oh God, ultimately just... signs off with the Queen. Well, and the amount of Canadians who are, like, diehard monarchists just blows my mind. <laughs> Actually, you'd, you'd be surprised. I was listening to this brought up on a, a different podcast, literally today, uh, and they were addressing the fact that apparently we're up to about 60% of Canadians think that canada needs to drop the monarchy oh good it's, we it's should. done it's done it should be over with <laughs> we and, do not... and you know what? even even britain needs to let it go like yeah. if you want them to exist as a figurehead and to pay homage to your lineages whatever fine let it exist but stop letting them have so much influence and say no, and I power know. over things like stop glorifying them 
Yep. Well, I mean, think about so one of the things I was talking about with the friend that I friends that I watched this with um, was you know like the monarchy. So essentially, um, Megan was used as kind of like a. I mean, one, it's really easy to pin things on her. Like when you when you compare the headlines that came out for Kate versus the headlines that came out for Megan, the racism is just so blatant. Like, um, I you know I can't remember exactly what the headlines were off the top of my head, but it was you know something about you know Kate was eating avocados when she was pregnant and she was like hailed for it, and then um, Megan was and she was slammed for it, right? Like it was just it it, it was like very simple things like that. Um, there was something like you know like um, the news story that came out about how when leading up to the wedding, um, Megan. Markle had apparently made Kate cry over something to do with the wedding. And, and according yeah. to Megan, that's not true. In fact, it was the opposite. Like <laughs> something Kate had said had actually made Megan cry. It was about the bridesmaid or the, uh, the flower girl dresses. And then Kate literally apologized for it later. And, and Megan states, you know, like I, no part of me told this story to anybody because it wasn't, it didn't need to get out. It wasn't important. But then six months later it surfaces and I'm the culprit. Like it's just, it, this is, this is the narrative that she was constantly living there. And when the news came out, I forget how long ago it was, but a couple of years ago um, that William had cheated on Kate with her best friend. We heard about that for like a second. And then all of a sudden, all we heard was news about Meghan Markle. And it's interesting to see, like, when you actually, like, look back on it and lay out all this all this stuff, you're like, yep, nope, that makes sense. They were protecting the air and covering it up with the black woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, imagine, like, I mean, Meghan, I'm not going to, like, Meghan is a black woman for sure. I mean, she's, she, her, her mother is black. Um and but like imagine like there's no way that this wedding would have been approved if she was darker than she was because she's yeah. she's you know she's very light skinned very still very much a black woman but like Im- like imagine how much worse this would have been like they, it wouldn't have even been allowed and that's like how awful the system is and how racist the system is i mean recently there's a soundbite of um a reporter asks william while they're out and about um is you know is is are you a racist family? And he goes, no, we are very much not a racist family. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But, but still responsible for the colonization of the entire world. So you are absolutely a racist family. I mean, look at the, oh my God, there's a TikTok recently that I saw where she calls them the chuckle twins, but, um, (laughs) uh, um, Prince Charles and Camilla. And I saw this, I mean, they're known for like not being respectful at events. I saw, so I saw them drive by in a car when I, for the 150th anniversary um, of Canada, Canada Day. I, I had some friends convince me to bring them to Ottawa and, and show them around because that's where I'm from. And <laughs> I will never do that again, ever. I hate it. Ottawa yeah. and Canada Day is the worst. I also really don't like Canada Day anymore. So anyway, that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about it later. But <laughs> But maybe closer to Canada Day. I'll do an expose on why I dislike Canada Day. But um, oh, yeah. anyway, um, the we saw like Camilla and Prince Charles were in Ottawa and we saw them drive by and we were like, oh, wow, royalty. 
And then later that day, I or maybe it was a couple days later when the news reports were coming out about this, but they had been invited to um, like a special showing of, of, you know, Canadian quote unquote culture at um, the Museum of, I forget what it's called, Natural History. No, not Natural History. Museum of History. I forget what it's called now. It used to be called the Museum of Civilization and they changed White that. culture. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Because they only have a very small section on indigenous history and it's really not, like it very much talks about colonization. So that's why they changed it from civilization to something else. But I can't remember what the new name of it is. Um, anyway, they were invited there. It's just over in Hull. And there you can see them on camera laughing to each other, like giggling, like unable to control themselves while they're listening to this presentation of indigenous or I believe Inuit throat singers who are doing this really powerful throat singing um, in honor of royalty being there and Canada's 150th. And the chuckle twins are literally there unable to conceal their laughter because they're, they can't possibly sit and appreciate a culture that is not their own. A culture that they came in and tried to colonize and eradicate. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's so gross. And I, like, this This was 2017. Like, I mean, just, it's, ah. People who are shocked by how racist the royal family is need to stop being shocked by it. Because it's been there all along. And And on top of that... Not just how racist, but like how much they absolutely, like this whole institution absolutely hates people who are, who, who come into the family and, and don't conform. Like what, like if we put the racism aside, which we shouldn't, the racism is, is there and it's huge and it's a major problem. But like what Megan is experiencing is exactly what Diana experienced. And except for then you have the added racism, which makes it even worse. <laughs> So we've seen this before and we ignored it. And then we're like, what? The the royal family is intolerable and they're like racist and they're like hard to live with. <gasps> I am shooketh. And we're <laughs> like, I'm just sitting there being like, we have literally watched this happen before. We literally see, we have seen how they've colonized the world and we have watched them almost like we have watched them almost kill Diana, let alone like there are conspiracies that they actually did, you know, like it's, and honestly they're believable yeah. whether you believe them or not, like they are believable. And it's just this, like, I like, <sighs> like Diana was suicidal at one point. Megan suicidal and then people hear about this and they're like I think she's lying like bitch who comes are you kidding me three things to bring up first all I can hear in my head is Lord going and we'll never be royals because <laughs> uh, yeah. it's true we never will be secondly with Megan and the depression I saw a post and this is so friggin true people is that no, Megan will never see your claims as to whether or not mm -hmm. you believed her about being suicidal, yep. but the other women in your life will. Oh, yeah. Like, postpartum yeah. depression is a real thing, and the fact, like, I'm, I'm not surprised, because we've literally touched on the other week, the fact that medical professionals will ignore mm -hmm. women blatantly. Why mm -hmm. am I fucking surprised that, you know, the royal family would do the same goddamn fucking thing? Mm -hmm. And then speaking of not being surprised, forget the royal family. Has the last year and the entire uprising of the BLM movement not taught people the fact that racism is still grossly fucking rampant and it's a thing? Yeah. Like, stop being shocked. Stop it's being there. Shocked. 
stop being stop. shocked and actually, you know, take that time as you're processing to yeah. do something constructive about it. Literally, our collective shock <laughs> just shows how ignorant we are. Mm-hmm. And it, like, our shock perpetuates the issue because it shows how, how ignorant and how blind we are to it and how we don't want to see it and we don't want to acknowledge it, which silence is violence, folks. Like, this is this is the reason why racism is as rampant as it is still is because we're ignoring it and we're pretending it doesn't exist and we're pretending we don't participate in it. Stop that. Stop yeah. being shocked by it. <laughs> and and people need to understand too that like again silence is violence by not saying anything or refusing to speak out against someone it, it makes you even though you might not be outwardly racist you are very clearly not a safe person to that community yes yeah um and like that's the whole thing we're seeing right now so <laughs> to go along with this the drama continues in the celebrity world this is celebrity <laughs> drama week this is this is what we deal with now celebrity drama week <laughs> celebrity drama that. week yeah. so the entire pierce morgan situation oh yeah <laughs> which got, came out of this <laughs> which came out of this because apparently he tried to get with Meghan markle which like first off ew um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's judgy, um, but in my opinion, ew. Um, but oh, also, man, he's a like, racist bigot. Yeah, he, ew. <laughs> he is, and like, so he's always had a lot of particularly jarring opinions, mm-hmm. and he thrives on. Them. Yeah, he does. And now, all of a sudden, there's some suggestion that there is racist undertones behind a lot of what he's been saying about Megan, uh, because he thinks she's full of shit and whatever mm-hmm. else. Now, is that to say a hundred percent? that it is racially motivated. No, you're a hundred percent allowed to have problems with someone and not like somebody regardless of their race. You can a hundred percent hate on her because she snubbed you in the past. Like even that Mm. is more acceptable because she's allowed to snub you. You allowed to be bitter (laughs) about it. That's fine. But it, it doesn't have to be racially motivated. I don't, I, I listened to the clip and it, it didn't strike me that it was, but it's the way people are wanting to spin it right now. Well, and it's not. It, and it's his not track imp- record. Well, and that's just it. It's yeah. not impossible to think of him, you know, being racially motivated behind a statement, and that's fine. He's also um, just a rampant misogynist. He's so like transphobe, okay. racist. Like, if he hates Meghan Markle, it's for all the wrong fucking reasons. <laughs> yeah, and if you're mad at her because she ghosted you, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> But when the choice is you or a prince, uh, even if the Ferrell family is a little bit on the racist side, the prince still looks like I the mean, better option. When it comes to Pierce Morgan, <laughs> if it's between him and my fucking like cat, she'd probably just like marry my cat. I mean, like. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say it, and I was like, is that just an idiom for lesbians and always going for the pussy instead, like? Oh, you know what? That would have been a smart joke, but um, no. <laughs> I was literally just it's searching okay. for something that is just like absolutely like asinine that nobody would actually. So want you to reached marry. for the pussy first. <laughs> yeah, I did. I am. I am a lesbian. Yeah, I am that gay. <laughs> and we're cracking those jokes now. Oh man, always, always, always. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. Then the flip side of that though is now you have uh, Sharon Osbourne who is on another talk show that I think is literally called The Talk. Um, the I don't View? know. She's on it. Huh? Is she on The View? No, not, no, no. not The View. She's okay. not on The View. She's on a different one. And she's on it with Cheryl Underwood. Um, and she's getting attacked because she was defending Pierce. 
She was defending Pierce with the intent of trying to say that you, exactly what I said, you cannot mm-hmm. like somebody and it doesn't have to be racially motivated. Fine. But now people are jumping on her and calling her racist. Now her back's getting up and Cheryl's trying to explain it to her, practically crying on the show. Sharon Osborne is pissed and just going the fuck off about it and it's like okay cheryl is clearly not equipped to sit down and tell this woman listen you have to understand that if you sympathize with someone who comes across like a racist or a misogynist or a bigot in any capacity then you are going to be looked at and held in that same light it's also really important for us to remember that like while we may not think that something is racially motivated there's so much that we have not yet unpacked within ourselves that is racially motivated right like i mean i I see it in myself i'll make snap judgments and my first judgment we're not responsible for our first judgments that's society's fault we are responsible for everything else that comes afterwards and um there are definitely snap judgments that i make that i then have to sit there and go wait a second like why do i think that i mean i i talk about this all the time when it when it comes to jagmeet singh um he's phenomenal and uh, as a leader of the ndp and i think he would do a, a phenomenal job i would still hold him accountable if he wasn't doing shit but like i really think he would do a phenomenal job and i talked to a lot of people about loving him and even like people who love ndp and i get and this is all white people that i have this experience with i get this pretty resounding like oh well i mean i don't love everything jug meat's done but i mean he's all right i don't think he'll ever be prime minister it's too bad we don't have jack layton and i sit there and i go we don't seem to realize that that is inherently a racially motivated comment without us, without us like understanding where it comes from is somewhere inside of us. And I know people are going to listen to this and they're going to deny it, but the first, the first step is acceptance. (laughs) When we say, I don't think Jugmate Singh is that great. I don't love everything he's done, but I wish we still had Jack Layton. First of all, we're talking about a dead man. We are talking about a man who was, Yes, he was awesome. Yes, like he would have made a great prime minister. He was also a very white older man. And we are idolizing him because we never actually saw him in office. And we're going strictly off of his words and off of his promises and off of the things that he said without actually seeing him as prime minister. And we have somebody now who is so promising and actually stands up for indigenous rights, stands up for drinking water, stands up for land, stands up for like dental care across the board and all these things that would really, really help millennials and Gen Z and honestly, just anybody who lives below the poverty line. Um, It would help the middle class. Like the only people that this would affect negatively is rich white people, essentially, or just rich people, not, you know, Uh, and People are saying that they don't like what he, some of the things he's done and some of the policies they put forward. And, and when they say, oh, he'll probably never be PM. Well, yeah. Um, think about where that thought is coming from. Like if we really dig down deep into that, it is racially motivated and we don't we don't recognize it because we think yeah. it's mainly just based on opinion. And so while Sharon Osbourne might not think you know she might think that it's you know like defending him is just purely based off of well we can't know that it was racially motivated he had a bad run-in with her and therefore he hates her and that's not racially motivated it probably is knowing pierce morgan and when we defend things like that we are further um 
perpetuating this narrative that things are very often not racially motivated, which is not true. Mm -hmm. You know, I think so much of what we do is actually racially motivated without us recognizing it. And, and like I said earlier, like the acceptance is the first step. I have had to do this myself where I've been like, wow, I didn't want to believe that this was a racially motivated thing, but it is because of my bias. I grew up in a white community. I grew up in white neighborhoods. I grew up in, you know, I grew up white in white Canada. (laughs) You know, it's, 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 uh, Ottawa, like the area of Ottawa that I grew up in was very white. I only really grew up around mostly white people. Like it's, uh, these are, these are the biases that I grew up having. And, and any people of color that I did grow up around, um, any black people that I did know had enough financial privilege that they were part of the institution in ways that, that also helped perpetuate these ideas. Right. So it wasn't, I didn't grow up with people on the ground doing this work and I didn't grow up with indigenous people on the ground doing this work. And so therefore I have had to unlearn so much. And I've realized that a lot of like, they're, like I said, they're, you know, we're not responsible for our first judgment, but we're responsible for everything afterwards. And if we continue to deny the fact that something is racially motivated, just because we don't want to see it that way, we're never going to make it out of that. Yeah. Well, and we also still seem to be struggling as a society as a whole to acknowledge that racism is not this one or the other. It's not a yes or no. It's not binary. It's a sliding scale. Yep. And we need to learn and accept that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is he outright saying, no, I hate her because she's black. No, No. I, you know, whatever other racist slang. Yeah. Okay. No, he's not throwing that out there, but sure. Racial motivation behind things is problematic and it's something we need to identify. And we also need to still, and we will reiterate this time and again, (laughs) remember that if a person of color tells you that something is racist, it's racist, and yes. you as a white person do not get to deny that fact. Yes, and also as a white person, you don't get to dictate what is racist and what's not. <laughs> you know, um, like it is important for us to be allies, and when something has been consistently called out by 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 BIPOC, Black Indigenous people of color, then yeah, we need to back that up and we need to believe it. And we need to go, yep, I don't possibly know what this experience is like. So I'm going to be an ally and I'm going to be an accomplice and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show up and I'm going to say, that's racist. Don't do that. I'm going to call out other white people. I'm going to call them into the conversation. But when no BIPOC person has (laughs) stood up about something and we go in and be like, that's racist. We then muddy the waters on this conversation and make it worse. (laughs) So it's just very complicated, you know, but it's, it's also, that's not to say, don't say anything. I mean, one of the other issues that white people fall into, and I have this conversation with people a lot too, is we fall into this like, well, I'm still learning. So I don't want to say anything yet because I don't know what to say. And it's like, you will always be there. You have to start saying things. You have to start calling people into the conversation. You have to know you're going to be make, make mistakes and you have to not be defensive about it. But you have to start the conversations because otherwise you're always just going to be learning because you're afraid of making a mistake. And that's also an issue. And we can't reiterate it enough. You okay. can make mistakes. Mistakes yes. are okay. It's what you do moving forward. I make mistakes that, all the time. So do I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or, or sometimes it's not even a mistake. Sometimes it's honest to God's just ignorance. Like I full on did not put the lines together between there being an actual traditional indigenous name for tribes (laughs) and what we white people refer to them as. 
learning experience. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. You know, these are the th- simple things you can you can take and walk away with and honestly enjoy learning. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? We I get we get so defensive because we're so we see, we hear racism and we go I'm not racist. I don't want to be seen as a bad person, blah, blah, blah. And we forget that, like, as as white people, we are inherently racist as a collective. And and every, no no white person is free of racism. It's it, it, like, and so we have to look at it differently. We have to look at it as I'm going to continue to be, to do my part to unlearn these things and be a good ally or as we put it at work an accomplice and really showing up and and doing what we're asked um to help the movement and just acknowledging that like we're never going to be free of that and that's okay it doesn't make us a bad person right like it's just it's we are so much more afraid of being called racist than we are or i say we condemn being called racist because we're afraid of it more than we condemn racism itself we're so like we're so quick yeah. to excuse racism, but so quick to defend ourselves when we're called racist because it's just like that is so much worse as a white person than experience racism because we don't know what it's like to experience racism. No. But like ex- being called racist is not worse than racism itself. <laughs> and oh, we need no. to stop acting that way. We need to recognize that this harm and this abuse that people experience on a daily basis just from not being white is something we will never understand and it's something we will never experience, but it's something we have to start showing up for. We have to stop being, as I've said many times in this this singular podcast episode, like we need to stop being shocked by it. We need to stop being defensive about it and we need to go, okay, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'm going to utilize this to start changing my perspective and I'm going to talk to other people about it as well. Like that's it. That's all that's needed. And move yeah. on, right? Also, are we accomplices this week without being stabby? <gasps> oh my god, we are. Oh my god, we're accomplices without being stabby. No police <laughs> presence necessary or disclaimer <laughs> notifications. I'm like last week where I mentioned murder, like, I don't know, four times. Uh, <laughs> to yeah, listen back to that was fucking I know. hysterical. <laughs> I know, it was funny. Oh my god. Anyway, speaking of, how was, we got, I got totally derailed when you asked me about my week, but how was your week? Oh, uh- <laughs> My week, mm. <laughs> my week continues to be a disaster. My oh. my week, my week leans into capitalism being fucked. We're gonna touch on this one again. Um, so I mentioned oh, last week uh, working in manufacturing. <laughs> it is trash. Uh, I mentioned last week that <laughs> capitalism or fuck, come back, not capitalism. Yeah, I mentioned last week that working in manufacturing, um, yeah. particularly when you start coming up on month, month ends, gets a little bit hectic. Um, so yeah. that typically starts around the middle of the month because you're prepping for month end. Uh, so you only have about two weeks of respite before you have to go back and do it again. Yeah. Uh, but right now, the supply chains are still so fucked up. We already had a handful of machines in my shop that just haven't, um, one of the components was missing from them. And we knew it was waiting. We were waiting on a shipping container coming from China. Um, And then it's apparently finally here. um, And now it's being held in Toronto. Now we're stuck waiting on these things. Well, while we're stuck waiting on these things, there's another supply shortage on like the seven inch zip ties that we get from our suppliers. Uh We're having constant 
emails, phone calls, notifications about our suppliers are short this, our suppliers are short this. I need like a friggin' uh, male terminal end to go on a flashing light that comes from one of our small parts suppliers. Shortage on it. They're like, how oh, many are you no. going to need to try and get through the month? And then my boss just gets a call today from our operations manager, one of the sensors that's a component that we put on the machines. He's like, ah, how difficult is it to install after the fact? Because there's a long-term shortage coming on this one. No. <laughs> and I'm just like, the supply chain is so broken right now, but yeah. we're still... So here's where capitalism plays into this, is because we are driven as a capitalist society, mm -hmm. at no given point is anything being done on a base assembly level to kind of ease things off and make that transition out of this period any easier. So instead of slowing down production, easing back your numbers, like I'm not even talking layoffs for people. I'm literally talking like scale back the number of units that you are completing per day so that we don't have this massive backlog afterwards. And I'm not stuck with three to 500 machines to try and fucking refit within the span of two weeks. Right. Um, but instead, because we're capitalist driven, it's nope, no, we're actually increasing our numbers. We got to pump out more machines. Oh, there's also a valve that we might be short on soon too, but keep pumping out machines. Like <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous and stupid right now. And we're just like, my boss even looked at me today and like, he's got, years behind him in auto manufacturing i respect the shit out of him and i love working for him specifically yeah like the rest of my company is a joke <laughs> and i'm pretty sure he mentioned something about retiring next year and i'm gonna cry um oh, God. seriously but he's been around for in the industry for ages so he sees and knows and understands a lot mm -hmm. and he understands that a lot of what we do as an entire company is ass backwards um and he, <laughs> After getting this phone call today, he looks at me and goes, so I wonder how long before I get the call that we're out of steel, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, this is how bad it's getting right now. And it's ridiculous. And we're constantly playing this catch up. Um, and it's, it's A, driven by capitalism. B, it's this stupid um, productivity society that we've got driving as well, um, which big companies seem to lean into heavily mm -hmm. as well. Yep. And we're just, it's the, the it's about... efforts <laughs> to try and pump out yeah. all of these numbers are just creating more issues. I have had seven different quality alerts within the past month. Oh no. Three of, three of them pertaining to bad welds. Oh, no. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Like, it's fine. It's shit that we're catching before we're going out the door. But because we're so driven by numbers, we're so driven to complete X amount of machines. The plant is yeah. so driven to have X amount of first time passes, whatever the fuck that means. Because I'll tell you, it's a low goddamn yeah. bar to get over. Um, it's just, it's creating this fucking whirlwind of a nightmare. Um, and because where I am within the shipping warehouse we're the last line of defense kind of thing. We are yeah. literally the last people who see the machines before they go out the door to the customers. I see all of the problems that come through as does my quality person who I love her to pieces. She's who kept me sane through COVID because we were like the only two hourly employees that were kept working. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, she and I are stuck like hashing out all this stuff and trying to like give our bosses a hand with it too, because it's just, it's, it's fucked. It's fucked. Capitalism Ugh. is fucked. It's a dumpster fire and needs to die. And companies need to learn yeah. that if you can't fucking build something properly, stop. Yeah.
No, I mean, capitalism has turned... Well, and late-stage capitalism, which is what we're in, capitalism was never meant to last, right? Like, capitalism will eventually fall, and... Um, <laughs> Not soon enough. Uh, it'll fall like the Roman Empire. Just you watch. <laughs> I hope it happens in this lifetime. I would love to watch that. It would be uh, enjoyable. Be <laughs> I think Sit we're starting to see it. I think we're seeing the fall of the monarchy. I think we're I think we're seeing the... Uh, I, would, the I would like to think, the, actually, that even this supply chain issue yep. is starting to show how problematic things are oh, and yeah. that we need to shift things. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, this pandemic has. This pandemic has shown how, like, literally, and I know we touched on this, we've touched on this before probably several times, but, like, literally, if CERB had been a universal basic income from the start, we would already be seeing the benefits to our economy, and yet we're still having this discussion. We are still having this argument about whether universal basic income is worthwhile or not because we can't possibly go into more debt. I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to go into more debt to fix the fucking problems you've created with your rampant capitalist bullshit. (laughs) But these like these, I mean, so I think, I think we're starting to see, and this is just maybe my wishful thinking, but I think we're starting, if you look at history, it does line up. We're starting to see the fall of the monarchy. We're starting to see the revolution that's happening in specifically in the States, but is, (laughs) <laughs> it's rising um and uh and this pandemic has just made it all more visible um and then social media has made it really easy to 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 talk about because we can spread the news and find like-minded people and and uh and yeah i mean i'm i'm here for it i'm i'm here to march those front lines because i just i mean oh, fuck. the fact that everything is quantity over quality is just like, oh, and yeah. I mean, the fact that companies will push products that are not as safe and not as good and not as, you know, quality, um, and then would rather do that than fix the issues because doing that makes them more money than like paying out a lawsuit if something malfunctions is insane. We care more about money than we do about human life. Yep. It's a hundred percent true. And like, that's uh, like, <laughs> we had a running joke. Last year, that started before COVID, um, and then just kind of continued with the handful of us after COVID, uh, (laughs) was that they sat us down in our town hall meeting at the beginning of the year and went, this year we are really devoted to quality. We're really (laughs) focused on quality. Um, And I'm going to tell you, uh, the sheer amount of machines that I have had to deal with all of the fuckery within the past year uh, has determined that that was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean... Oh my God. My job before this one, I worked in student housing. It was off campus. Um, so we, it was a private company that owns apartment buildings. They own them all over the region in Toronto, in Alberta. Like, I mean, they own them across the country and uh, they do mostly like multi-residential buildings, but also student buildings. And uh, I worked in the student side of it as a property manager and just the like I mean they would put their frontline staff who they did not pay enough to do for the amount of stress they were being put under like our leasing agents would be put under so much stress to get the buildings fully leased and then they would receive essentially abuse from head office when they didn't fully lease and then the managers would receive the the extra amount of that abuse Um, but they would replace leasing agents all the time they would just let people go if it wasn't working because they weren't pushing enough even even if 
that leasing agent leased more than the previous year in less amount of time, they'd be like, yeah, but it's not fully leased. So you're not doing your job. And it's like, or, or how about, this is a tough market where student housing is going up everywhere. There's a new student condo building going up every fucking year and not just one, multiple buildings. Like the, I remember when I first moved to Waterloo for school, there was maybe two high rises within the vicinity of Laurier, <laughs> you know, and now Easy, it's all high rises. Here. <laughs> it, oh, I know. I know. Good old 2009. Um, but like now it's all high rises. It's all high rises. And it's just, and I, you know, but I, I would watch this abuse, you know, and, and then they would, you would ask them for a raise for your staff and they'd be like, Ooh, I don't know if we can afford that. And I'd be like, you can, you can afford it. You choose not to. And then you tell me that these people are replaceable, but you're willing to try and replace a staff member that has leased faster than anybody else who has ever worked on the staff while I've been here for the past two and a half years. And because you don't like that they didn't do it fast enough. And yet I'm sitting here going, hey, they're the best leasing agent we've ever had. But your response to me is they're replaceable. I think the fuck not. Like this is this is the type of thing that like corporations are doing now is they're like, well, I'm not seeing results fast enough. So therefore, I'm going to make all these changes um, because it's all about quantity versus quality. And it's like if you don't lease out every single room, you're not going to go broke. But also, also property management company asset management company um i'm just gonna say that if you if you don't lease out a couple of units and it makes you go bankrupt maybe you shouldn't have bought these properties maybe you shouldn't be running them you know like it's like that (laughs) adage that i threw up on facebook today that was like if you can't afford to pay your employees a livable wage yes then you don't deserve to be in business oh my god entitlement at its finest entitlement at its finest is i run a small business and i i need to pay people less than a living wage so that my small business can run and people get really angry at you when you fight them on it when i when i have literally jumped into group chat jumped into like messages on facebook being like imagine being this entitled that you're running a small business and in order to make it thrive you need to pay your staff less than a living wage so essentially yeah, like you don't want get me wrong them, i understand like, that huh oh sorry <laughs> that's okay yeah. We, we lagged out a little bit there, so yeah, I didn't did. realize I was talking over you. <laughs> um, like, I understand, too, that a lot of these small business owners, yes, you put in a lot of hours beyond it. Like, your, yeah. you, what your take-home is, uh, is is negligible a lot yeah. of the times in the beginning years. But two things to that. One, you accepted that risk when you yes. decided that you wanted to open a small business and run it. Yes. And two, if you need to... Pay your employees minimum wage to get the ball rolling. A lot of people understand that at a small business level, that's fine. Level with your employees and tell them, like, listen, this isn't long term. I'm setting a goal of, you know, three years. I need three years at minimum wages and then I can start actually looking at paying you guys a livable wage. I just have to get this up and rolling. When you are somewhere that owns a franchise of a much larger company and you choose to pay your employees minimum wage and you choose to jack up all of your price ranges to the max end that you can to max out your profits from customers, fuck you. Yes, yes, yes. But this is so common. And it's it's like you, you said it, perfectly there you take on the risk when you start a small business that you are going to run in the negative for a bit 
And yes, if you need to pay minimum wage for the time being, okay, but make sure that you are taking care of your staff and don't, don't like, don't hate on the staff that are asking for a $15 minimum wage when you should be hating on rampant capitalism for making it impossible for you to start a small business and make it sustainable. Like we are so stuck on hating on the little guy, the poor guy, the, you know, shouldn't say guy person, <laughs> you know, like then, then actually combating the issue where it is, which is higher up. Like I was talking about, or I was, I was talking about this with somebody else because I, I was looking at a, um, a, uh, not a, oh my God words words Bronwyn um TikTok a TikTok I was looking at a TikTok from a guy who's an economist or like he he studied um economics and he said this argument that if we raise the minimum wage the prices for everything else will go up because people can now afford to buy it etc etc and then it's just going to screw everybody he said that's actually false because when you raise the minimum wage you actually raise the amount of people who are able to afford things which means that prices don't need to go up because more people are buying and therefore they're still making more money and i was like see this is the capitalist lie we're told to keep us poor to keep us from raising minimum wage, to keep us from having to pay people a living wage. We tell this lie that people buy into and believe that if we raise the minimum wage, therefore everything's just going to become more expensive. No, we have to hold the economy accountable. We have to hold capitalism accountable. We have to hold banks accountable. And then we provide a universal basic income and a mandatory minimum livable wage. That's, that's, that's it. Everything else will actually get easier once we do that. But we believe these fucking rampant capitalist lies that are created by the richest people to keep us poor and to keep us needy. And it makes me so angry and it does not take much to get me on this rant. So you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's like uh, Amazon in the States too, the one warehouse that's trying to unionize and they're trying to wash it yeah because a you if one warehouse unionizes the rest of them will follow suit yeah and that will ultimately just fuck jeff bezos which i'm i'm listen i'm here for it um, <sighs> jeff bezos has more than enough money to live off of for like several fucking lifetimes so I, like oh absolutely so like yeah fuck jeff bezos like million billionaires should not exist nobody no. as a singular person should be able to hoard that much wealth and uh I will die on that hill. <laughs> so I'm, I am here <laughs> dying on it with you. Yes. Um, I did have an upside to my past yes. week though. Good. Uh, getting side, remembering things and I'm bringing it up because it, it'll get lost in the ether again. <laughs> <laughs> so this past weekend, I actually got to spend the first weekend in, in quite some time with my best friend, uh, Aaron. Yeah. I, yeah. Got actually, I saw this. Yeah. <laughs> she, well, she's been working from home uh, yeah. and her, partner is down in the states for work right now so she's all by herself and she and i haven't seen each other in months and months and months and months Uh, and we also had some stuff to do uh for a committee that we're on together uh so we were like cool let's make it a work weekend we have to work on some of this stuff but also like it'll be us hangout times and it'll be great so we make plans we make plans friday night we're like yeah we're gonna have some drinks she picks me up grab dinner whatever we get back to her place we sit down we watch one movie and have one drink 
and both of us are sitting on the couch passing out. It is nine <laughs> o'clock at night on a Friday. This is the riveting excitement of your thirties, kids. <laughs> you say it's never gonna happen, and then it uh, like listen, I'm if if any of you, because there are those of you who are under thirty in our demographic, according to our analytics. <laughs> if you are under thirty. I was warned, and I will pass this warning on to you. When you hit 30, that is the first wall. And you think it's a joke. But there's a definitive wall there. And then when you start getting closer to 40, that's the next wall. And it's an even bigger one to haul your ass up and over. Like, it's, I mean, it's not even just, it's not even just, like, wanting to sleep earlier. I should say that, like, it depends on who you are. Because my ADHD has actually gotten worse as I get older. And, which means that my sleep avoidance has gotten really bad. That paired with my insomnia has meant that, like, well, you know, I send you messages sometimes that, like, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, god-awful times in the morning because I haven't slept yet. Like, it'll be, like, I don't know, anywhere between 2 and 4 in the morning. And I'll be, like, okay, enjoy this when you get up in the morning. Bye, I'm going to bed. <laughs> And then I'm up an hour later going, oh, you just went to bed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I am the anomaly because of my ADHD. But but the one thing I will say, my dad says this a lot because I talked about how like around turning 30, my body has definitely started to change. And I didn't believe people because we never do. We're like, I'm going to feel young forever. And I'm invincible. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, it's amazing how quickly around 30, your body really starts to like change and, and develop (laughs) more pains. Like I get more back pain and um, with my running, I don't get as much like knee pain as it, which is good. But like both my parents have knee issues. So I'm going, I'm screwed, but (laughs) um, I'm literally standing here with a knee brace on right now oh yeah see (laughs) this is what happens in your 30s and people are like 30 still young and i'm like yes but this is where it starts and my dad said to me multiple times he's like yeah it's called creeping rigor mortis it starts at 30 and it doesn't stop Uh, until after you're dead (laughs) (laughs) talk about dark humor in the blake you know what people people either love or hate that but it's true this is what i call it now so i mean your 30s okay but but I don't want to scare anybody who's who's who hasn't turned 30 yet because 30 is also awesome for many other reasons. I could not fucking wait to turn 30 because mm. in my 20s, the amount of times I was discredited in conversations and whatnot for being young was a lot. Like I would get I would have conversations with people and they'd be like, oh, you you know, you're so mature, blah, blah, blah. And then they would find out my age and they'd be like, oh, you're such a baby, though. You're so young. And it was just immediately dismissive. Um, I absolutely fucking hated that. So, and, and I also just like, I hated my twenties. Um, I, you know, like I shouldn't say hated, but I, they were, they were really difficult. Um, it, as millennials turning like in our twenties, we are still doing so much back work on our lives because it's so much harder for us to get ahead. It's so much harder for us to feel like an adult. It's so much harder for us to save money and to get on our feet and everything like that, that our twenties just feel like a constant slap in the face. Like, because we're constantly dealing with the, you know, Gen X and, and boomers ahead of us and and whatnot going like, well, you know, you're in your 20, you're 25. You should while simultaneously going, you're such a baby still, but also you should have a career, <laughs> you know, um, when are you getting yeah. married? Are, are you having kids? Like all of these questions and we're, we're combating these things at the same time while also feeling like, when the fuck am I supposed to do all of that? I don't, I don't even know how to breathe half the time. So, you know, I, I found <laughs> that like my twenties were just such like, they felt like such a, a shit show of like trying to just survive <laughs> and make it through and, and prove myself. Right. And then I got into my thirties 
which is like, I'm only just like, I'm, I'm turning 31 this year. So like, this is recent, but like, I just, the immediate difference between 29 and 30 was huge for me because people find out I'm in my thirties and immediately the respect level is different yeah. um, because people see me as an adult and that was huge. So I, like, I don't want to, with the, you know, the jokes about creeping rigor mortis and, and, and the fact that like, we do get tired earlier. Like I can't get super, I mean, I don't drink that much anyway, but like, I don't, I can't get super drunk and not be like hungover for like five days. Like this is, that's like, I just, I lost it. It does, it doesn't matter how much I drink. Like I just, I need recovery time. So there are things that go away and diminish as you get older, but if 30 lucky, is great. Though, if you're, yeah. if you're lucky, <laughs> if you're you lucky. end up like me. <laughs> And you have a stupid alcohol tolerance and you don't <laughs> suffer hangovers ever. Oh my God. I am 33 years old and I have never suffered a hangover in my life. See, and I have been, there are oh. people who will tell you stories. I have been blackout drunk. I don't, my, my 29th, 30th birthday, somewhere <laughs> around there. I don't remember from 1030 that night when we left the house to go to karaoke Till about two thirty in the morning when we went to oh go home from karaoke. <laughs> See, I can't I remember, do that. I can't. Do I remember it. one part of standing on stage and trying to sing "Macklemore's Can't Hold Us" and going, "This is a lot of words when I'm really drunk." <laughs> Which is funny because, like, you absolutely kill that when you're not <laughs> shammered. Uh, oh no, <laughs> I was fuckered and loving life. Oh it my god, great. that's funny. But yeah, like I just find that I, I don't know, there's a lot of fear around turning 30 because I think, you know, we've been told our whole lives that like 30 is old. Um, 30 is not that old. It, it It's also it's the really first not. time in my life that I have actually felt like an adult. So, um, and, and like I'm being respected like an adult. So 30 isn't so bad, but you, yes, you your body does start through. to give up on you a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you definitely <laughs> go through, you definitely go through a phase in your 20s. At some point, whether it's the beginning and the end, whatever, at some point where you do grow concerned about turning 30, yeah. um, I definitely went through it. Uh, and then my turning point was when I turned 28 and mm -hmm. I actually decided to take my fitness and my health into my hands. Mm -hmm. uh, and I actually strolled into 30 uh, looking way better than I did when I strolled into 20. I, I look at side by side pictures and I'm like, damn, that's a glow up and a half. <laughs> so it all depends on your perspective, but there are just... No matter how optimistic you are, there are right. just some physical reactions. And then there's me, who strolled into 30 fattier, f fattier, fatter and healthier, <laughs> fatter and happier than I've ever been in my life. And also healthy, so yeah, that, but health Which is, is all game know, for relative. It. Um, but like, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, here, yeah, it's, I, so I went through that, I always wanted to get older, like I've been internally 40 since I was 19 right like this is a joke my friends have made since I was 19 um but like I did go through one phase when I um at the end of 28 right before I turned 29 because I had just left my job where I felt so down on myself about the fact that I was going to be 30 in a year and I was like wow I'm 29 and what the fuck do I have to show for myself because I'm currently jobless I've lost everything my credit is garbage I like what <laughs> I'm going to have to move out and live with a roommate again. Like what, what do I have to show for this? And then I did all of that stuff and got a new job and actually really like my job now and um, do live with a roommate, but it hasn't been so bad. And I'm, you know, I'm able to afford my life this way. And, and, uh, and I turned 30 and went, Oh, 
None of that actually matters. That's the lie we were told about what life should look like when we turn 30, right? Like that's maybe what my parents' life looked like at 30. It's not what mine does, right? And that's okay. And I've just, I think one of the things that happened when I turned 30 was I just, I've stopped giving a fuck about a lot of that stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm 30 and this is, you know, like, yes, there is that part of me that's like, well, I'm 30 and I would like to get married. So like, hopefully I don't have to wait another decade for that. But like, I'm also not going to rush into a relationship that is not good for me um, because of that, right? Like I've waited this long. I, I can wait longer, but you know, just like, yeah. please. <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's, it's that I've stopped caring so much about what my life should look like at 30. I mean, um, well, because the the landscape is so much different yeah. now, like in in the world from what it was like at my age, thirty three years old. My mother had three children under <laughs> the age of ten, was currently about to go through a divorce, yeah. and become a single mother who put herself back through college while yeah. working a part time job at the lace place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, working probably just about minimum wage yep. uh, and keeping a roof over our heads and fe- like, yes, I know she leaned into the church for a lot of help, but like that entire situation now to be a single parent going through a divorce and all of that with three children under 10, holding a part-time job and putting yourself back through school. Yeah. No, like, no, so, no fucking way. I mean, my, my mom at my age would have been pregnant already with my sister. Um, cause we, she had us like, we're three, 362 days apart. <laughs> I had to do that math. We're three days less than a year apart. And, um, so we're Irish twins. And so my mom got pregnant real fast. <laughs> so she had already, and she, and she had a miscarriage before me. So it was, she had essentially already had three pregnancies by, by the time she was my age. And I think about that now and I'm like, oh my God. I can't even imagine having, like, I can barely take care of myself some days. How could I have a baby? <laughs> like, maybe someday down the line, I will I will be able to afford and have the energy for kids, but also maybe not. I don't want the option taken from me. Um, you know, like, I when I go into dating apps and somebody says, I don't want children, I immediately swipe right because I'm like, uh, I don't want. I don't want it to immediately be no, but I'm also not convinced I will have kids. Um, I still, and, and part of that is that like, I can't fathom it. I really can't fathom it right now. I mean, yeah. life is hard enough as a single person on my own with my cat. <laughs> like, uh, I can't imagine having a kid right now and also being pregnant with another and like, or having three kids under the age of 10. Like I can't no, No, life is so different now. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I like have that my friends are having children. Yeah. I get to be the cool uncle figure to yeah, them. Totally. I'm down with that. Actually, it's funny because my best friend, Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, her youngest just turned 16 this weekend. I've known him since he was two. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. your friends start having children and you're, their children start hitting the milestones, that's when you all of a sudden really start feeling old and you're going, oh God, why? Um, <laughs> also, though, you could be like my buddy Shane, who, uh, I don't know if you'll ever end up listening to this, so it's fine to tell this story, uh, but he is, uh, well, because he's big on TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah. And so oh, yeah, he's... oh, yeah, that Shane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Shane, yeah. So, like, Shane and I have also been friends for a time and a half, but, like, he when he is a part of things... 
he's trying to be careful of what he does and says because mm-hmm. his image branding is all super positive. Yeah. So he very much tries to keep some things on, and I totally respect that. I'm like, you're creating an image brand. Yeah. Do yeah. you? Um, which includes not wanting to mention this story, uh, which is why I have video <laughs> footage of it and it hasn't done, I haven't done anything with it yet. So Shane and I used to be roommates back in the day <laughs> and for the longest time, when I was approaching 30, Shane used to keep telling me, well, just remember, when you turn 30, you're socially dead. <laughs> not th- not 31, not 32, not even 30, just 30. just 30. When you hit 30, 30, you're socially dead. Boom. And he antagonized me with this for years, and I eventually reached a point and I said, just you fucking wait, because when you turn 30, I'm going to throw you a goddamn funeral. so of course it had to happen during covid so it couldn't be as grandiose as i wanted it to be but this past november was his 30th birthday so i reached out on facebook and i wrangled friends who all met at a nearby church shane also picked me up the day of as we were going out and around because i was going to cook dinner that night I surprised him in the middle of one of his live feeds because I came back out from the grocery store with a bouquet of flowers for him, which he didn't realize had a double meaning. Yeah, it was for your birthday, but they're also your funeral bouquet. So <laughs> he's all excited about the flowers. Do 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 drives me over. We also stop at Staples so that I can print off a photo because I went fishing through his Facebook to find one that looked memorial-esque. And I got a picture frame for it. I then blew him up black balloons... And then we got a chair and sat him in the circle in front of my partner's house. And everyone came over from the nearby church and they did a funeral procession and drove all the way up and around him. <laughs> one, of, one of our friends went as far as to have like a big fur coat and the big black hat. And she's going wa- driving by and just being like, the horror of it all. <laughs> and so then they stopped. And <laughs> our other friends, Jenna Scott, get out and I have the picture sitting there with the black balloons around it and the bouquet laid in front of it. And they're like, okay, so do we just like lay the gifts here, like laying flowers at a grave? <laughs> you know, what's funny about the story is that you say like, he might not want to share it openly because like his TikTok is very like positive. And like, I get it. Like it is very pot. Like he's very cheerful and very happy and very positive, but like, it's so funny. Cause I hear this story and I'm like, this is a funny story. Like this is a fun, <laughs> positive story. Yes. It's like it's... a joke on death, but like, it's also funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think so it's because he doesn't want he doesn't want to be seen uh, the fact that he was telling people oh well you're socially dead <laughs> fair enough <laughs> which, which is whatever again uh, Shane I love you to the moon and back and if I didn't I wouldn't have planned all this but for also him. Shane should listen to this podcast <laughs> I've actually I've talked about with him uh, about entertaining the idea of, of him coming on yes because uh, I know we want to address like fat phobia and body positivity which like that's a whole big thing of him he's on this big weight loss journey um so if y'all do kick around tiktok and just want someone who's a generally very happy person go follow at shane wally Mm -hmm. um there you go shane free plug for you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he, he and i have just been friends for years we have an obscene amount of inside jokes actually aaron and i talked about that this weekend too is that if she were to come onto the podcast a lot of people would just be very confused because we've been friends for so long, 
that the it the things we can reference to each other that make zero sense to anybody <laughs> yeah. else is just endless. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I have friends who I probably will ask to be on the podcast and friends who I won't um, because it really depends on, like, if it's just a bunch of inside jokes, nobody's going to get it, right? But yeah. if I have friends who are doing really cool things and who have really important, like I, my friend Lexi, I would love, love Lexi to come on. Um, and I've already told her this <laughs> to to talk about like we're gonna do a series on on fat phobia, which like we're gonna have to do many because it's a large large topic. But um, on fat phobia and and also just uh, you know um, dealing with you know weight stigma and and ableism around weight stigma and chronic pain and whatnot, I would love for Lexi to come on and talk about that. And um, and you know I, but there are other friends who I'm just like yeah, I mean having you on the podcast isn't really going to do much <laughs> you know no. because like our while i would love to our inside jokes aren't gonna make make sense to other people right so um i did i do yeah. think we should have a siblings episode where we invite my sister and also sister <laughs> i think on... that should be our first guest yes. episode yeah naturally because yeah. it's sibling rants and uh, but actually i it's... think having them on at the same time would be really funny because they can just yes. like tell stories about us <laughs> oh god gods yeah. help us that might have to be a two-parter <laughs> Um, actually speaking of siblings too i actually also have another pair of siblings in mind uh when we also want to start talking about race a little bit more um because they are both music theater kids and carrie is a longtime friend of mine and he is also gay uh and married as well and i was like oh my god carrie and marisha i totally need the two of them to be on sibling rants because then it it, it's the honest siblings going into a lot of the serious topics we want to talk about (laughs) i'm like you guys are so appropriate for this. Yes, absolutely. We gotta we gotta start. To, we'll have to do this soon. We'll have to just sit down and and make our like guest we, list. We're, we're we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. We're, we're, this I, is I our, think you and I. This is episode eight. Like, look at us go. Eight. Oh episodes. yeah. Did you like? Did you like my nondescript in the beginning here, where I was like, "Welcome to the next episode of." <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm pretty I mean, sure it's eight. Sometimes but... we get it. Sometimes we don't. It's fine. <laughs> As long as the number looks right when I actually do the editing and post it, yeah. that's, that's all that matters. Exactly. Everything. And also, there's going to reach a point where we're going to want to stop counting. I don't need to sit here and be like, welcome to episode 164 of... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know what we should do? We go up until episode 69 and then we just stop counting. <laughs> just because it's funny. I like it. Just because like it's it. funny. I can, I can get... <laughs> I can get behind that yeah. one way or the other. <laughs> That's funny. But I'm just, oh, also speaking of getting behind things, well, before we wrap this up here, I also heard, <laughs> I also heard a terrible story that I need to share with you. Okay. And it's a Florida, it's a Florida man story. Okay. So this, you know, it's going to be good. <laughs> there was a man who was arrested down in Florida. Sounds about right. The other, the other day. Uh, because. When he was called in, it was called in that he was acting rather suspicious. And that's probably about the best way you can put it, because they arrived on the scene to find that the man was wearing no pants, no underwear, naked from the middle down, dick in hand. Oh. (laughs) And I'll give you a wild guess what was in the other hand. Was it like a fleshlight or something? <laughs> no, that was one of my thoughts too. But he was pleasuring himself with it. He had an oversized pickle that he what? was reaching around and using 
as a sex what? toy. Okay, I like how you're like, just guess what it was as though it was easy to guess. I would <laughs> never have guessed that. What the fuck? <laughs> Only in Florida. I don't, I just, like, the horrible thing is, too, is I heard the story and I went, well, ripped for your pleasure, I guess. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, it's funny because I have a I have a friend who her new fiance. Oh, I thought you were gonna tell me you had a pickle in the fridge. No, I mean I do, I do have pickles are delicious, but not once they've been used for that. Uh, <laughs> gross. But I have a friend who lives in Florida. Well, she, they're from they're she's from Ottawa, like me. They're from Toronto. They live in Toronto generally. They just bought a house in Toronto, but they're living in Orlando right now for the for the their work. Which has been super fun for them during this pandemic. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah, but uh, this would not shock either of them. <laughs> you know, like the stories of things that come out of Florida, and they're just like, "Yep, yeah, that sounds like Florida. Like it is the swampland." <laughs> this is there is. is a reason TikToker <laughs> Sarah Hester Ross has <laughs> literally Florida Woman Wednesdays and Florida Man Fridays, and she just. <laughs> She does songs to whatever stories oh are God. relevant to that day in history in Florida. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently that Florida's much sun is just does not do well for society. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, in, in small doses, guys. Small doses. Oh, man. Swamp. It really is the swamp. <laughs> anyway. Well, we should probably wrap this well, up. But uh, on, the, on the note of a giant pickle of being used. Gross. And... <laughs> You're going to go to touch those pickles in your fridge you know, and you're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I know, they've been ruined for me. I hate you. Um, you know, and, but in the interest of this podcast, thanks for listening. And if you want to keep following us, we are Sibling Rants on Instagram and Sibling Rants Pod on Twitter. And if you do happen to listen to this on... <laughs> On a, on a podcast streaming site that does allow you to leave reviews. So far, we know that Apple Podcast does, but, you know, there might be others. Uh, please do leave a review because it helps us out. <laughs> and, yeah, actually checking our analytics, too. Apple Podcast is the most frequently used platform for listening to us now. Yeah. So we know y'all are out there listening to us on Apple. Do us a yeah. solid. Take two seconds of your time and even just click the stars. You don't even have to write anything nice. We don't give a shit about that. I mean, we do like nice words, but... All you have to do is click the stars. That's all you have to do. Um, so we appreciate you. One and, click um, is all it takes. The internet is for porn. What? The internet <laughs> is for porn. Oh, no. Uh, so grab your dick Avenue and Q double click. Porn, porn, porn. Sorry. I, that's what with, came to mind. I'm, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. With a pickle. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> mm, we like pickles. <laughs> No. <laughs> and on that note, friends, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>